the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. All right, Jr. is not here today. Jr. Davis is has taken his beautiful, lovely, uh, what words can I use? Uh, married above himself wife uh, on uh, a uh, anniversary, and they went to. He took her to Italy, man. He did. Now this is his fifth anniversary. I, I when he gets back in about three weeks, I want to sit down and talk to him because he has set. A huge high bar for himself now. On the 5th, what are you going to do on the 25th? Yeah. Uh, Come on, dude. <laughs> Italy is like the 25th anniversary. But maybe he could take her to North Korea by then. <laughs> yeah. Buy, buy some condo. Buy yourself condo. Look in the China Sea or something. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, well, we might talk a little bit about that, Jamie. Jamie Barker is here. He is the uh, communications director for the uh, the governor's re-election campaign, and he's filling in for JR while he is... In Italy, eat some pasta. Did he, yeah? I, did he say where they were going in Italy? Are they doing like I mean, Rome and all that stuff? I think they're staying for three weeks. So I imagine pretty much everywhere. Yeah, they yeah. are staying for three weeks. That's impressive. Yeah. That that job pays a lot better than I thought it did. Well, you know that's kind of what I said too. But I had a friend that said I said that in front of, and they said that the heart, the most expensive part of going over there is the flight, and then once you get over there, it's you know it's like you know traveling Hampton Inn to Hampton Inn here in Arkansas. And, really. I mean, it's pretty reasonably priced once you go there, and the food a lot of times. Well, is, right now with as bad as their uh, economy yeah, is, yeah, and much our, cheaper. Tr- the, the trade dollar to the what is it, the lira over there's got to be huge. Is it the lira? No, man, it's the euro. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. They are part of that piece of crap, <laughs> aren't they? The lira went away not long after I left the country. They're back trying. In the 90s. They're trying. To get out of the European Union, as are a lot of I other countries. Say, as are a lot of them. Yeah, you know, Britain has already. I mean, they need to. The only per, the only way they're staying in there is because the Germans have said stay in or we'll declare war again. No, I don't know. Just, just a joke, okay? <laughs> Dude, that just ain't right. You see, did you see, uh, oh, what's her name? Who's the who's the head of Angela, Angela Merkel? Merkel, yeah. Did you see her giving, him, giving uh, Trump the school marm look? Okay, so that's that's a good point to bring up here. So this is a great highlight of the the media seeing what they want you to see. Did you see the actual picture taken two minutes after that? No, they're all sitting in the same spot and they're all laughing. No, so okay. it's a very isolated, you know, out of context. But picture. I kind of like the the school yeah, marm yeah, kind of yeah. look at him, and uh, he got the, his arms the Japanese guy standing there, and he's looking at Merkel like, "What's wrong with you?" <laughs> Yeah, I love that kind of stuff. I had somebody write to me and say, "Dave, did you look close at that picture?" Three of the nations that were in that picture are ones we kicked their butt in World War II, and the other three that were there are the ones that we re- rebuilt after World War II. So Trump had every right to say whatever he wanted to say to him. <laughs> I love that. Gotta gotta like that. I don't as long as the French stay out of it, I'm I'm going to be fairly cool. When the French get involved, oui. not 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 great about that. Frogs need to stay out of that stuff. Just saying, they need to stay out. So how you doing, man? 
good. You're good. liking this. You get to come on the show all the time now. Yeah, I know. I told Jr. he better be careful. He's gone for three weeks. We'll see if he gets a spot when he comes back. Now, who's the lady that's uh, filling in for him right now? There's some lady that's uh, doing his is gig. It, is it Chelsea? Yeah, Chelsea. Yeah. 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 Bring so she, her in next week. Okay, I'll see what she does. Get doing. her to come over and, okay. and join it. Well, not next week. Week after the okay. last the last week because next week the governor's coming by. That's the plan right now. That's cool. I'm looking forward to talking to the governor. All right, so there is a serious uh, subject that has been in the paper for the last, what, since about Thursday of last week. They keep running almost the same article each day, mm-hmm. uh, and it's dealing about uh, uh, corruption uh, in the state government, and it has to do with the eight guys that have gotten their hands caught in the cookie jar, you know, Woods and uh, Michael Neal and uh, trying to think uh, – who else we got? Hank Wilkins, Eddie yeah, Cooper, Wilkins, Eddie Co- on Russ Cranford. Cranford. And then we got named but not indicted, not uh, or anything, is uh, uh, State Senator Jeremy Hutchinson. All right. And he he's saying that I didn't do nothing wrong. So that's going to be taken care of by a court of law. And again, let me say something because I've, yesterday it was another of these drum beats going uh, that Jeremy Hutchinson should resign as a, a state senator i don't believe that's true all right i do not i know there's a, some people say, but have you seen what they say that's what they said he hasn't been indicted nothing like that has happened and since since you know as long as i've been in this country it's always be it been you are innocent until proven guilty i don't want this to be kind of like a a hashtag me too moment where somebody makes aspersions against you and you're guilty before anybody gets any kind of information before anybody uh before anybody has due process so let's back off of that part of it uh jeremy hutchinson has a lot of questions that he's going to have to answer and uh, we'll sit back and wait and see what occurs one of the things that has occurred is that today there was a um, news conference at mm-hmm. the capitol and the, uh, the 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 Senate leadership of the Republican Party were there, and they unveiled uh, some new rules from uh, the Senate. And I think that Jamie has those. Mm-hmm. I didn't get to be there. I sat in the do- doctor's office today from ten forty-five to about twelve thirty. And uh, what they did to me, I shouldn't have had to sit there that long for them to torture me, but they did. And anyway, it's just one of those kind of bad days at the doctor's office. With that said, uh, I got to watch a little bit on uh, on stream because uh, Kenny did a good job of uh, streaming the meeting. And the sound, Kenny, the sound was excellent. You did a good job on the sound, and uh, that was important. And I got to listen to Dismang saying a few things. Uh, but the bottom line was I didn't get to watch all of it, so I didn't hear all the points that they made. We've got those. Jamie, I'll turn it over to you, and you can you can share it. Yeah, well, I'll say there's quite a few. It's a very lengthy uh, proposal. Some of it's amending uh, Senate rules that were that existed before. Um, there are quite a few additions. Uh, you know, I think all of these are pretty. I'd call them common sense because you'd think they would be things that we were already preventing or were understood right. didn't need to be said. But you know, we're. You know, we are having to say them, and I think they've done a good job. Um, I'll just hit a few of them. Um, this is not going to be all of them. You know, uh, a senator could not 
accept other employment or compensation that can reasonably be expected to impair his or her independence of judgment in the performance or his or her official duties. Um, they let, me, can- let me stop one second, all right? And as you listen to this, now, I have a bone to pick with the Senate, okay. all right? And uh, not with the governor's office, this with the Senate, uh, particularly. Uh, State Senator Linda Collins-Smith mm-hmm. presented a bill uh, not not a bill didn't become law as a bill to the the state senate uh, during the twenty this is eighteen so it'd been the fifteen session is that right if it wasn't 15, the last 16, session it was sixteen it wasn't it wasn't the fiscal it was the right. general so that would have been, been fifteen fifteen okay mm-hmm. and uh, it, it was defeated I believe on the senate floor and I will just say that. One of the main aggressive people against it was uh, State Senator Jeremy Hutchinson, and it was exactly what you just said. Well, can, do you have any more specifics? I'm not familiar with I it. I can get it. I can. I can. I could present it to you. But the 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 long and short of what she wanted mm-hmm. was just exactly what that first thing said. Yeah, and I think that this is why I think these are well done. Is I think there's a line, obviously. Um, I know that people keep making this comparison because obviously we're talking about a lot of attorneys here. What can they? Who can they represent and yeah. receive? Yeah. So, but the, <laughs> you, so you heard what I? Yeah, that was me. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> attorneys, we're, we're talking about that, but people, you know, want to take it and they want to make you know speak to the larger issue here, which is what can you do in your? Because I mean, legislators a part time gig. What do you do the other? you know, two-thirds of the year mm-hmm. for employment, and how does that affect the job you're doing um, as a senator or representative? And so uh, I think there's a very careful line between strong rules that prohibit, you know, incorrect and improper influence on a representative, but also allowing people to do their jobs as well. So the example people keep using is a pharmacist. You know, if you're a pharmacist and you own a pharmacy, it, can you be a representative? Could you vote on a bill that, you know, what about uh, Medicaid funding and re- reimbursement? Could you vote on that? Because, you know, if it affects the reimbursement levels for, you know, a f- local pharmacy, that, that affects your business directly. And so, anyways, it's okay. good yeah. to keep in and, mind And let me, let me address that. Sure, go for it. it's something that I argued about several years ago. And about, I'm not speaking to that specific bill I for clarification. Yeah, this was, for remember when uh, pseudoephedrine, mm-hmm. where at one time you could just buy it? Sure, yeah. All right. Then they said you got to buy it over the counter. you got to show your driver's license. Right. And then... What is it? Uh, who was the head of had the pharmacy? Uh, Jody, can't think of the the senator's name now. Down Arkadelphia, Percy Mahoney. Malone. It was Mahoney. Okay, okay, that's not Jody. Is that Percy? Percy Malone was Malone. Okay, yeah, big, I believe big pharmacist. All right, mm-hmm. yeah, all right. He's the one, and I said that he shouldn't have been able to vote on the legislation because. He was pressing that you had to have a doctor's prescription and go to a pharmacy to be able to buy pseudoephedrine. And I'll never forget. And and it, what was the, what was the one that was out that was over the counter, Russ? That everybody used uh, was a Claritin. Claritin D. That's what it was. Yeah, most Claritin with D. a D. Yeah, right, had to just had a lot of water has gone under the bridge since this happened. But he he pressed that. And got it passed, all right? Got it passed. Well, I feel like that personally Mm -hmm. benefited his business. And I don't think that he should have been able to to vote on it. I mean, it would be just like voting on uh, 
if if you owned a dairy and voted on subsidies to an Arkansas dairyman, you shouldn't be able to vote on that. I mean, that's yeah. that's conflict of interest. Right, and I think there's a – but that's my point here is there's got to be a line that exists between allowing people to do something in their – you know, their – okay, my mom's in the in the legislature. She Guess what? She's a public school teacher, and she's a public school teacher and a coach. Can she not vote on any public school bills because well, I of think that? I mean, it, as it, long as it does not specifically benefit her sure. in monetary ways. But you understand. Yes, this is I, where, understand. Where I'm going with this. I understand where you're at. So, anyways, I thought that was a good one. Um, I thought a really interesting one was they cannot acquire a financial interest in a business that may receive positive benefit due to actions taken by the General Assembly. Basically, this is an insider trading part, right? So they can't go acquire you know, a business interest, a portion of a business that they know ahead of time may come up with you know, new contracts with the state. Yeah, they need new, to pass that in the, in the federal yeah, I mean, the, to me, that was House. really common. A, a lot and of these Senate. seem common sense, but I thought they did a good job of addressing things specifically because that's the deal here. We need to be specific and careful on what we're Give you a good citing. example. John Kerry, Senator John mm-hmm. Kerry, yep. sits on a committee that makes the decisions on which companies get to pursue certain medicines, all right? He can walk out of his committee room after it's met, knows that a specific company is getting ready to unveil a new drug and buy stock in that company. Right. And that's exactly what this is addressing. That's now, got a, that's got, yeah, that's a much level smaller here, but, level. And uh, they, haven't, they haven't changed that yet. Now, Martha Stewart does something like that. She goes, cools her heels in jail. <laughs> uh, politician does that. They become multi multi millionaires. Just saying. No, I'm with you. I think I, again. I think that's a good rule. I think it makes yeah, sense. Yeah, I'm not. I'd I'm not totally, against this. No. I think this is yeah. the reason that they're doing sure. it. Sure. Um, let's see. Okay. Accept employment or compensation that could reasonably be expected to impair his or her independence. Do I do that one? No. Okay. Uh, independence of in in their performance of their official duties. So, okay. You know, obviously. If company X, you know, you're making forty thousand dollars a year as a legislator, comes in and says, "Here's a million dollars a year to work, work know, for us, ten to ten to two Monday through Wednesday," yeah, um, and they, you know, and by the way, whatever it is, they we th- could use a law a, that does such and such a thing. Which such and such? I'm no, no, I'm just making the statement. They hire somebody, and then they say, "You know, we'd like to be able to push a piece of legislation. Would you be willing to carry that for sure. us?" And they're paying them. Let's just say they're paying them $20,000 a month. That's yeah, a lot of money. Can't do that. You've right. got to stop that. Sure. And I think that, I mean, that's going to meet the, you know, reasonably be expected to, right. you know, impair your duty. I think that would definitely meet the threshold. I would agree with that. Uh, let's see here. we got some other ones here. Okay. You you look them up. We'll come back. Got to get a break in. Uh, Jamie Baker. Parker. Parker. Parker with a B. I want to say baker all the time. I don't know why I want to say it. You don't look like a baker even. I'm not a very you good know, you don't have so a chef. Sense. You don't have a chef's hat on or anything. <laughs> Jamie Barker's with it. It's James Barker. Either way. I've got that. That's how I got you in my phone, James Barker. That's my legal name. All right. That's illegal. You know, don't just, go giving that out to As me. they said, now, don't count this against it. That's what they call a Christian name. All there right. You go. All right.
Hey, if you're thinking about claiming your Social Security benefits, you might want to stop and think about that. Uh, You could be on the verge of making an irreversible mistake that could cost you tens of thousands of dollars. Uh, The decision could trigger an avalanche of taxes, double your Medicare premiums. You could avoid this by attending an educational maximizing Social Security class Friday, July the 13th. It's hosted by David Lucas from the David Lucas Show right here on 101.1 The Answer. Uh, The workshop makes claiming your benefits simple and easy. Registration is just 18 bucks, includes a 34-page workbook called Maximizing Your Social Security Benefits. The seating is going to be limited, so if you've saved $100,000 for retirement, call 501-653-6690. That's 501-653-6690, or visit davidlucasfinancial.com. All right, we're done with almost this uh, first half hour, so I'm going to hold here for a moment. We'll pick up on these different uh, changes to the Senate rules uh, on ethics in the state senator or the state Senate. I don't know if you can answer this question or not, Jamie. What they're uh, I I invited just so everybody knows. I invited uh, Senator Hendren on today. He's going to be the head of uh, the Senate, as far as we know, starting uh, in the next general assembly. And ask him to come on to talk a little bit about this and uh, and answer some questions about the changes that they were going to make. And I did not hear back from him, at least not yet. I may hear back from him uh, in, in the future. He just may not have had time. They've been kind of running around getting this stuff done uh, to come on to be able to talk about it. Uh, but anyway, does, does the state Senate have any legal binding authority on the other senators i mean or or is that a whole federal thing that the feds have to get involved uh, to start busting people for you know breaking laws uh, i'm not an attorney so this is not i don't know i mean yeah I, my under my guess would be that the things we're talking about today are specifically senate rules okay um, that would govern being, this just is being, a, being a, senator. a senator you know there's obviously going to be state statutes um, that could be passed that reflect a lot of this. That I would think bring, that's going to have to happen, right? And that yeah, I feel like that's you know something like that's going to be like the track we're on. Um, and so that would then allow state you know authorities, whoever that a proper one would be, uh, to enforce that law. And then obviously they break federal law. Um, well, and see, th- this is the interesting thing. I had somebody text me yesterday. I take that back. Uh, it was on uh, Tuesday. Text me and say. Dave, do you think that the state lawmakers knew that state law was so weak they thought they could get around anybody questioning what they were doing and then the feds got involved and changed the whole ballgame? And I would say probably so. When the feds get involved, it goes from being, yeah, this is serious to this is really freaking serious now. Well, and the the difference, the distinction there is they may not – have and again this is not legal advice but they may not have broken a state law whether the state law was weak or it didn't mm-hmm. exist because well that's the point the guy was making sure. i think right so you could or gal, I don't in know theory get away with it until you know whatever the federal law yeah, says they got you began to, yeah so let me just remind everybody when the feds get involved and if they find they can get you found guilty if you go to jail there's no good conduct time <laughs> you do every minute that they told you you have to serve All right, Jamie's with us. We'll be back after the news, and that is next.
All right. Jamie is here. Jamie Barker. He is the communications director. Notice I said Barker. I did not say Baker this time. Thank you. Jamie is the communications director for the gov- uh, governor's reelection campaign. JR isn't here, who is the spokesman for the governor's office because uh, he's out of the country right now on his uh, um, anniversary, fifth anniversary trip with his wife. Again, let me restate, JR, if you are tuning in in some way on the Internet or watching this on Facebook Live. You better get off because your data charges are going to be a lot. Yeah, they're going to be a lot. And secondly, dude, what are you going to do for your 25th wedding anniversary <laughs> going to Italy on the fifth one? I told you, North Korea. He's going to take her to North Korea. <laughs> All right, so here's some questions have come in to me. I want to give them to you. I sent an answer back already, uh, but then you told me that you could uh, directly answer the second one. I didn't know if you could or not. I, I just took it upon myself. Uh, bottom line is... Uh, the first question was, ask uh, Jamie if anything they are proposing to be in the Senate uh, would stop someone like Jeremy Hutchinson or Michael Lamoureux from accepting bribes of half a million dollars and $120,000 then claiming attorney privilege. I, two things. One, if it's a bribe, I'm pretty sure the law already covers that. Um, so... Yeah, the answer to that would be, yeah, something can stop that. I'm pretty sure we have a law in the books that prevents bribery. Um, and secondly, I don't – when you get into attorney-client privilege, I would suggest tr- uh, contacting an attorney because I'm yeah. not one, and I don't want to speak out of turn and say something that's I'll wrong try to or, get Trent Garner or guess. On. Yeah, and I think that would be a good idea. Um, and then I think your second one. All right. Second one is ask Jamie if what was proposed will keep a legislator – from accepting Medicaid provider slash hospital slash lobbyist jobs, overpayment for property, equipment, et cetera, for favors? Okay. The answer to that is yes, and I would like to clarify uh, our esteemed senator-to-be from West Little Rock, Mark Johnson, texted me and you, and he he wanted me to clarify that th- these are just proposed at this point. They haven't actually been adopted. Mark, and, call in. And so, uh, yeah, I'm sure he'll have something to say on that. Uh, but, again, they do have to be adopted still. Um, there is a specific portion. Um, they cannot accept – let me find it here. I don't want to read it correctly. They cannot accept uh, pay below fair market value for any goods, products, services, rent from a lobbyist, or an entity that does business with the state of Arkansas. Um, they could not perform an act that would adversely affect a business when they or their family has a financial interest in a competitor. They could not – Again, they can't acquire financial interest in something that would be beneficial. And there's a lot of these. I'm having to go through them. Okay, so Mark is going to call us. The answer is yes to the second question. There is something that would specifically address that. Okay. It's just pieced together throughout this document that I'm having to look around for. All right. Is that Mark Johnson? All right. Let's bring Mark up. Senator Johnson, how are you? It must be official because Dave Ellswick just called me. It sounds (laughs) – got to tell you, it's got a nice ring to it, doesn't it? Well, it does. Thank you. Uh, Congratulations on winning, and uh, I know that we'll get some really good work out of you, so we're looking forward to it. Uh, Today they – and again, you already sent me an email or a text saying, Dave, remember that these are proposed rule changes and that the state senate will vote next week – to create the Ethics Committee to finalize something from this draft. 
that's that's exactly what's going on. And I did attend the press conference today and uh, did get a copy of the draft rules. Uh, and there, there's some good stuff in there, Dave. I, you know, I one of the top issues that I campaigned on was ethics. And yep. not only did we need to do something about it, but we needed to. Uh, uh, and I, I still believe there'll be some things that'll have to be done in statute. I think we have to have some things that are defined as criminal and, and outline punishments for them. But uh, I want to compliment the senators that worked on this. Uh, uh, there's a few little tweaks I'd like to do. And I will tell you, I have not thoroughly digested them. I've read them about three times. I'm still finding little things. Uh, certainly, they're turning the lights up. Uh, a lot of disclosures, uh, the uh, uh, and as Jamie just said a moment ago, you know, it's, you know, if you take a bribe, that's already illegal. But you get into some gray areas of, of especially if one is an attorney and now even more so a consultant trying to expand that where, you know, well, I was just, you know, I'm just practicing law. I'm doing that. But uh, uh, it's going to have to to be, I think, defined a little a little more carefully. Uh, if, you, if you didn't know, there there have been five members proposed for this ethics committee are you one of them no i'm not and i'm not a member of the senate it might clear that okay. senator sanders will be senator until january but uh, uh the five members proposed are the three republicans are uh senator dave wallace from northeast arkansas great guy senator uh, senator uh uh missy Irwin from uh, mountain view and uh uh the other Republican is Senator Jason Rayford of Conway, or a, a big love. All right. The uh, two, two Democrats are uh, Senator uh, uh, Bruce Mallett from Magnolia and Senator Will Bond from Little Rock. Okay. And and they will be involved in the, that's the committee, at least it's it been proposed anyway. <clears throat> they will take this draft and try to come up with something a little more final. I think it's a great start. Uh, there's a couple of things that I'm going to, and I'm going to, I'm going to read it again because, you know, a lot of times, you know, first time I read it, I said, well, they left this out. And then I read further down in the text and they did have something in that I was looking for. So uh, it is, is long because it is a, a revision of the existing Senate rules on conflict of interest. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's, it's a step in the right direction. Uh, the thing that I'm and I before this came out, before Senator Hendren and Senator Dismang brought this up, uh, I was looking at some public corruption laws in other states. Uh, for example, the the New Jersey State Police have a public corruption unit. I mean, they're just I guess there's enough to keep them busy up there. I don't know. I mean, I've I've watched The Sopranos, so you know I know there's <laughs> stuff going on up there. But the point is that that. You know, perhaps we need to have some, you know, law enforcement entity, how small, how large, that's to be determined. But perhaps there needs to be some entity that can do at the state level what we've seen the FBI and the federal prosecutors doing at the federal level. Kind and, of kind of yeah. a special prosecutor, is that what you're saying? Oh, please don't use that term, Dave. I'm talking <laughs> no. about a permanent prosecutor. We're talking about a, an entity that would would always be there to, uh, uh, to to look at things that were alleged that were public corruption. Now, we have a, a, a pretty strong ethics law on campaign finance and, 
you know, what you do when you're you're in, in a you know an elected official or whatever. But you know, thing you got to remember is that both the House and the Senate will have to do this independently. They are the judge of their own members. Right. Uh, I happened. I we did attend the press conference, and after that press conference, I happened on to uh, kind of an impromptu press conference. Uh, several of the Capitol beat reporters were speaking with. Uh, uh, Representative Michael John Gray, who of course is the Republic is the Democratic state chairman, in addition to being uh, the, uh, uh, I guess Jamie helped me. He's the minority leader, isn't he? Uh, he I was. I don't think he is anymore. Maybe I think he's, he's just a representative. He's not anymore. I think you're right. But but he is, of course, the state Democrat chair, and he mentioned that he would be talking to, uh, I guess we can call him the speaker elect. Maybe tomorrow, uh, Matthew Shepard will be speaker of the House. I understand that. They're actually going to their caucus is going to elect, you know, fill the vacancy since Jeremy Gillum is stepping down. But uh, that the House will also look at something along these lines, as they should, and again separately, and and again rule on it. But the uh, the thing I want to look at in this more carefully is uh, it's it's one thing to say, well, yes, I'm an attorney and I do this, or I'm a consultant and I do this. The real problem is going to come. Are you required to disclose who your clients are? Mm-hmm. And, and right now, you know, you, you would say on your statement of financial interest, I'm an attorney with the XYZ law firm, and I get this much, more than $12,500 a year from the law firm. And they're, they're increasing those increments. It'll actually show if you've got more than 50000 from a from a particular business or entity. Or in my case, the, the small business that I own, it's a, corporation, but it's an S corporation, but it's 100% owned by me, I would have to disclose the actual clients of the corporation under the the current law. And I think under these rules, I probably would not. And and the reason I really want to look at that is, you know, we have lobbyist disclosures. Lobbyists have to to register, and they have to show who their paying clients are. And some of these, and I won't name the firm, but there's a very large law firm in downtown Little Rock that tends to represent insurance companies. And each one of their registered lobbyists has like a, a long page of names of these companies, which is fine. It's, there is full disclosure. These are the insurance companies that our firm you know, is lobbying for. And I, I know that's a, a bit of a burden on some people to list all this, but uh, are, are we going to allow, uh, is it, will that be a loophole that we would allow you know, a senator or the House wants to do the same thing, a House member, to uh, uh, be able to claim that loophole. I, I think we have to, to be a little bit more forthcoming. All right. Hey, Mark. That might be a bit of an argument. Yes. You know, let me let me ask this question because I know I feel this way. I, I don't know how many other uh, citizens would feel this way, but you've got five state senators that are going to be on this committee to revamp these rules about public, this is public corruption, basically, is what we're talking about. Wouldn't it be a good thing if maybe they expand this committee to seven and have a couple of citizens on this so it doesn't look like the hen garden, you know, the the chicken coop or the the fox garden, the chicken coop? Well, Dave, if you're going to have a Senate, regulating itself, you're going to have senators on it. But that doesn't mean there's not a place for an entity such as you mentioned. And and I, while I'm certainly not saying let's expand the Ethics Commission, the State Ethics Commission, uh, you're talking about 
a similar body with a, a a little bit more of a of a stronger mandate, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But and that's what the ethics commission is. It is a citizen body that is appointed by several different people. The governor has an appointment. The uh, president pro tem and the lieutenant governor and and the speaker they all have appointments to that. And and the body must include. For example, an ethnic minority, a, a member of the minority party, uh, things like a woman. Uh, my wife actually was former chairman of the Ethics Commission. So there is a uh, uh, we have such a body. It's, it doesn't include this type of thing, and I'm not sure that's the appropriate place to to put that kind of thing. But uh, uh, well, remember, I know I know is, about the Ethics Committee. Set. Here's what I'd like to see. I'd like to see an Ethics Committee that is strengthened and has a whole lot more teeth than the one that we have right now? Well, you're talking about the Ethics Commission, but the Senate Ethics Committee will be to self-regulate the rules of the Senate, and that's what you're doing. You're talking about Senate rules that were proposed, not legislation. Now, that's going to happen. I've talked to enough of my future colleagues today to know that that that's going to be on the plate come January, but... Uh, right now, we're talking about the Senate doing something it can do in the interim, which is to tighten up our own, uh, kind of clean up our own house. And I, I applaud uh, this particular effort. Again, I'm still digesting it. I've already found a couple of things I'd like to see maybe tightened up a little bit, but uh, I believe it's definitely a step in the right direction. All right. Well, Mark, I'm going to tell you what, I'll be in contact with you. I'm going to try to get you. I'll see, see if Trent Garner will come on and Maybe we can get Cam Hammer or somebody like that, and we'll all sit down and, and talk about this. How's that sound? Dave, Dave, I look forward to it. And by then, maybe I can have read this, you know, 12 pages or whatever it is uh, uh, in depth and be a little bit more more informed about what it says. Appreciate you, brother. Thanks for calling in. And again, Senator, you, State Senator Mark Johnson. Senator designate. Uh, Senator designate. All right. Well, I'll actually call it. Call me Senator-elect. I don't have a Democrat opponent this fall. All, All right. right. Senator-elect. Well, you got to get one vote in November, I think, right? Sound, uh, he'll get his. Well, you're going to vote for me, James. Well, I'm not gonna, in your district. You're going to vote for yourself. All right. Yes, Thank, so, uh, thanks so much, uh, Mark. We'll talk to you later. It's good to see Senator in front of his name. He is a good man, and he'll do a good job. Okay, we got to get a Jamie, we got to get a break in. We're late. Let's do that. Then we'll come back and finish up this special hour. Uh, the governor's office is in today here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Now, that is a strange story, Jamie. Jamie, Jamie Barker is just telling me, uh, filling in for JR during the time that he's on his anniversary trip. Do you agree with me? Have you heard me talking about this? Make sure your mic is on there. Okay. Um, JR took his wife on their fifth wedding anniversary to Italy for three weeks. Three weeks. Ooh. And here's what, Ooh. Here's what I said to that. What are you going to do on the 25th? <laughs> there you go. I, I mean, mean you really. set a bar high. He man. really has. He's really, I mean, he's really a, high. I've already solved it for him, though. Did you hear this? No. He's going to take her to North Korea. They'll stay in the Trump Hotel. That's it. They'll be there. The new Trump hey, Hotel. That would be a step up, wouldn't it? Yeah. Was, at that time, we'll <laughs> have to see. Have some dirt soup. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah he's, he's getting himself in a spot now. He's, he's got to understand. I, he's set yeah, the bar. He's, set, he's right. I'm just saying. Not only did they go to Italy, high. they went for three weeks. Three weeks. Wow. And see, my last Last name is Satellaro. My yeah. husband so is Sicilian. Knows. Man, I would love to go to Italy. Now, for here's three the weeks. key. Now, I just want if you, you see Jr. when he gets back before I do, just um, do not bring pictures. Okay, do not. I'll tell. All you. right, I don't want to see all of your pictures. You know, I remember when I was growing up, and friends of the family would come over after they'd gone on some vacation somewhere with the slide projector. 
Remember the old bell? The old bell slide projectors. I've you seen one of those my in a dad movie. Had it. And he had the hand, the hand. Set you to be really, really old. Yeah, I am really old. That's and, okay. And I still have a box over, of slides at my house, right? And you sit over there and go click, click. And 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 see this is behind her. That's blah blah blah. You know, <laughs> it's not saying. near as interesting the second time around when you're watching. And it's it wasn't not you. interesting if you weren't there. Let's <laughs> it wasn't just put you. it that. All right, maybe if you had the nude beach or something, maybe you found something exciting <laughs> there, about that. Been there, seen that one too. It. And you know, and Russ can talk about that. He used to have to. He used to work over there, there with AFES. He'd get down on the beach and be selling uh, ice cones. No, pizza and beer. <laughs> On our honeymoon cruise, we got to see that nude beach. It was an interesting experience. Oh, it's not as pretty as <laughs> you I'm, think I'm gonna it would be. I'm going to tell you, the beach that I worked at was a NATO beach. And oh, well. the Brits would come down there, the Germans would come down there, and they thought that it was a holiday beach for them. Yeah, <laughs> the ladies for were them. topless. Yeah. yeah, topless beaches are... The big thing over in Europe, they really are. It's no, no big thing over there, but it's Europe. It's not the United well, States. Maybe the, that's why Democrats want to be Europeans. I don't know. <laughs> the hint is if you've never been on one, don't think you need to be like the locals because you'll have a really bad sunburn. Yeah, really boy. bad. <laughs> that's, that's what happened. We saw this gentleman on our cruise go chasing down to the beach. I mean, he could not wait. He's throwing yeah. clothes every way. He spent the whole day on the beach like everybody a else. Lobster. He was in. He literally had to go to the medical oh, sure. place on the ship. He was ill. Sun poisoning. He, in places that you wouldn't believe. Yeah, absolutely. Because those are the places had never seen sun, and he see, spent the whole day being see, like everybody else. See, that would not else. happen to Jamie because I have been told by Jamie's wife that he would wear his Speedo. <laughs> that would be the wise thing to do. <laughs> I like the beach, but I don't like any beach that much. <laughs> oh, it was hysterical watching it. He couldn't wait. He talked about it the whole cruise, and he was mis- he was sick the whole rest of the mm. cruise. All right, so I've, I'm texting uh, Senator Trent Garner and try to get him on. Uh, I'll try to get Mark uh, Johnson back on, and we'll try to get uh, uh, state representative, hopefully state senator, by the time the election is over in November, uh, Kim Hammer on, and we can go over this. Again, I've got... Uh, text out to uh, uh, Senator Hendren to see if he'd be happy to come fit, uh, meet with us. I know several of the people that are on this panel. Maybe I can get them on to come talk about it as well. But as I said to Mark Johnson, something has to be done uh, to help put teeth in some of this stuff. And I think that's where the citizenry has to come in. We can't just have the fox watching the hen house all the time. We've got to let the voters have some kind of say in all this stuff. And I did like what Mark said. Perhaps we have to come up with some form of person that does investigations on this stuff. Hey, hey Robert Mueller will you be know, available. Yeah, Mueller. Yeah. Or Comey. Maybe <laughs> Comey. That, hey, he's the, employed. The, the insubordinate James Comey. Yeah. Him and Resenstein come down here and do all it. All right. So uh, have we been we've been okay to vote next week? Is that what you told me? Yep. yep. Uh, the governor be to will go. be here next week to join us here on the Dave Ellswick Show. We look forward to that. And uh, after the governor is done, he's going to spend a half hour. After he's done, then Jamie be, will be here. And we're hoping to bring in uh, the person who's sitting in for Jr. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chelsea O'Kelly. Chelsea O'Kelly. See if she won't come in and join us as well. Of course, uh, Elizabeth may or may not be here. She'll have to decide whether she wants to do that Thursday or not. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, she got figured out. Shelly would have been here today. She's sick. She'll be here next A week after her birthday, and then she's sick. Bless her heart. Yeah. And I mean that in the best of ways, Jack. Yeah, she's feeling really bad. I mean, she is. She's feeling bad. Jamie's always a pleasure. Thanks for coming in and filling in for JR. And it, it is Barker. It is not Baker. I did hear I got that, that part, got that sir. right yeah, now. It, it, he does it every time. I do. He mangles I, names. I do. He just does. Constantly, I've, I've been called worse. I tell everybody I I am a, a mangler. What can I say? <laughs> Either a mangler or I'll just call you somebody else completely. That's all right. He's I'm done that forever. He's always been that way. I've call, I call Russ Rush all, all the, the time. time. <laughs> I call him Rush. If only. If only you were making the money of that, Rush. Boss. I'm just going to say. Thanks so much, Jamie. Yeah, Appreciate no some good conversation today. We'll do more on this uh, as we go along, I'm sure, here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, back with you here on the uh, Dave Ellswick Show. My thanks to uh, Jamie Barker coming on. He's communications director for our, uh, the governor's uh, re-election campaign. He came in to fill in for J.R. Davis and will do so for the next three weeks. Uh, because Jr. is out on his uh, anniversary trip with his wife, and uh, I just tell you, Jr., you've set the bar high, brother. They went to Italy for three weeks to Italy, so we'll see how that all. We'll hear all about that, I'm sure, when when Jr. Uh, comes back. But you know um, yeah, I, I got to talk my etiquette with this young lady. All right. When you start moving this mic around on the table like that, yes, sir, it makes all kinds of noise. I'm so sorry. Just turn it. Gotcha. All right, and you might want to keep it where he put it, just because that way we can see your beautiful profile easier with the camera. It's fine. <laughs> anyway, Mister uh, Russ makes us all look good and sound good. That's exactly that's his. That's what he's supposed to do. That's why he's called the operations manager here, and the Dave Ellswick Show producer, and a whole lot of other people call him other names too, but I can't mention them <laughs> on the air. Just so you all know. Anyway. Uh, back to what we were talking about, and you got a little inside information there about broadcasting. Uh, I am concerned uh, with what we saw to, yeah, today. Here, here's what concerns me, and it should concern a lot of people. A lot of this could have been taken care of sooner if particular bills had gotten a fair shake in 2015. One by Brian King, one by uh, Senator uh, Linda Collins-Smith. Another one that we'll talk about in the 4 o'clock hour uh, with State Representative uh, Kim Hammer, who's going to be here. He had HB 1313 uh, that couldn't get br- be brought back up on a, on a vote Uh during the the session and all three of those pieces of legislation were dealing exactly with the problems that we just saw happen over these last few months and uh, the money flow that's going on uh, over at the Capitol and that has to be stopped and it's got to be stopped totally. Uh, this group that's together now in uh, state senators Wallace Irving, Rapert, Mallet, and uh, Bond getting together and going over these proposed changes that were made uh, today by the Senate. Uh, uh, I think that was the Republican Senate leadership, basically, uh, that made these uh, proposals. 
Uh, these uh, other five senators are going to look at them, and then they're going to uh, add or or do what needs to be done uh, for those uh, particular uh, proposals. And then they have to be brought back to the state Senate, and they have to vote on them and make them rules. Now, that's rules. I want to go back and mention something. Uh, if you, I hope you heard the interview that we did with the Senate-elect Mark Johnson. Uh, you know, Mark ran on his campaign. Part of his campaign uh, was run on ethics. And he made the statement that this is just rules. These are not law. Not These are not laws of the state of Arkansas. He said he has already talked with state senators that that is going to be addressed as well. So I think all of us should take a deep breath that are thinking we get all uptight about this, that what they do here in this group about rules will be a a birthday candle to a blowtorch if people make laws that that can really control this stuff. And that, I believe, is the point. Laws that have teeth in them just like the fed laws have where these guys are going to find out there's some of them going to may get 10 years in prison and you go to prison for 10 years under federal law under a federal judge who sentenced you to 10 years you're going to do 10 years right you don't do nine years in 362 days you do 10 years there's no time off for good behavior like we do in the state you don't do you know uh Sometimes in some states, you get one day of good behavior, you get two days off your sentence. State. Yeah, as far as the state prison. That is not the case in the federal prison. And I I will say that they need to have some prison time things uh, worked up into state law. And uh, then if uh, there's uh, breaking of federal law, it needs to be turned over to the feds as well. And that should be required, required to be done. So, uh, I mean, this has got to stop. I, I keep telling you how important this is, that this be dealt with. And it needs to be dealt with because you and I are going to lose faith in our government completely. We've lost faith in it uh, a lot already because we had a lot of people who ran for office under, uh, you know, things that they were going to do. And then we put them into office, and then they didn't do what they said they were going to do, and in many cases did just the opposite once they got into, uh, you know, the marble halls of the state capitol. And with that already happening, the last thing that we need is for everybody to completely become so cynical that you don't believe, number one, in our government, number two, you don't believe in the rule of law. That leads to terrible things that could happen uh, within our state and, in fact, in, in, within our country. Are you, you with me on this one? I think we're heading in that direction already. I think many people in Arkansas, many voters are already already over that bridge, so to speak, and get them back on this side of that bridge is going to be a little tough. You know, once your trust is broken— it's hard to get it back. Think about it with your friends, with your spouse, you know, and relationships yep. that are important to you. Once that trust is broken the first time, it's pretty darn hard to put that broken piece back together you know, and the, ever feel good about it in the future. I was talking to somebody 
in the last couple of days who served in uh, the House uh, here in Arkansas. And they put together, or not they, but a group within uh, the, the Capitol. They put together some ethics laws. And the uh, party that was in control then was the Democrats. I mean, Democrats only been out of control of the Arkansas uh, state legislature in the last three years. Mm-hmm. All right, three. Think about that for a moment. Three years, uh, and they said that they had written some ethics laws that were very, very good and very, very tight, addressing, in fact, some of the exact things that had happened uh, here recently with state Senate that we're seeing with these eight different individuals that have happened, taking bribes and things of that nature. But that by the time the politicians got through with them, they had made it easy. I won't say maybe easy is the wrong word. Had made it possible to circumvent them without much problem whatsoever. it's sort of the conundrum of having the legislature the make fox its own watching the hen house. I agree. Itself. But let's let's remember something though here, uh, Elizabeth, and, I, and this is something I got to remind myself. When we show up, and we'll, I'll be showing up over at the Capitol, and Paul Harrell mm-hmm. going to show up. It's going to be nice is that he'll get to use our equipment. <laughs> <laughs> because we'll just sit up in the morning so that he can show up and do One a show spot. in the morning, and then I'll do the show in the afternoon. And you'll be able to listen to all the discussion and everything that's going on. The bottom line is, bottom line on all this, laws that need to be passed that put real teeth. In, in, rules are rules. Rules are what's and then the they old, have to be enforced. What's the old saying? Rules are made to be broken. Right. All right, and only law-abiding people follow the rules. Yeah, follow so the you got the law. Rules. So hopefully, well, you know what? Bad guys follow the law if they know if they get caught, they're going to get hung by their thumbs. That's what's got to happen. Now, some people, you know, when it comes to money, they're willing to try to do anything if they believe they can get. They have a way to get around it. We just got to try to make sure that how the laws are crafted stops that. And that if anybody does, we see immediately, we see that the people are put in court under those laws and they go to jail and they get as much profile as possible. Hell, I'd be all about doing a perp walk right down the steps of the Capitol. This is why we need prosecutors who are willing to, you know, Use the law and go get whoever, no matter who you are. That's, well, that's exactly right. And, you know, Mark Johnson made a point that we need somebody that will not be a, not a politicized person, not from the Republicans, not from the Democrats, but somebody who is, you know, um, you know, uh, the ability to rise above that and go in and investigate these things. Now, I know everybody hates to hear, spe- you know, special prosecutor because of all the connotations of that. But I'm just saying we need somebody, and I don't know if it should be a full-time job 
that that's all this is all they do we don't we don't have anything and i i texted you earlier about this First question is who would be the entity in the state of Arkansas? Well, that's what it would, you know, would, they would be responsible for naming this person or whatever. The state police, I would think. I don't know how the, that would work. You know, the yeah. person that would come up with that. They're always the ones that go somewhere else in the state to do investigations. I would think somebody the state police. there would be the state police would be somebody. As far as I know, we don't have an ombudsman for the Mm-mm. state of arkansas Not or, that I know or, a, or an inspector general or someone who well, we got the ig i is mean you got responsible for internal investigations yeah. of the of well the state right government. now the ig does that i mean the inspector general no uh, the attorney general the attorney general the attorney right. general does that okay as part of all their other duties <laughs> which which means which means and keep in mind that if you have at this time a Republican that supposedly broke the law somewhere, the AG is investigating someone from her own party. Well, and this, yeah, this has echoes of the federal situation or the national situation, doesn't it? Left hand investigating the right hand, doing internal investigations of its own, makes you wonder. And I think that's where the lack of trust comes in, and people are very, very skeptical. And well, be, because of the nature of investigations, I mean, you know, the, the knee-jerk response would be, okay, I want to see all this stuff about the investigation so I can tell as a citizen, well, you're never going to see all that because of the nature of investigations. I'm not sure what the answer to that is. Well, here's somebody who just sent me something that I thought would be interesting. Uh, how about, if somebody else agrees with us, state Good. police probably would be, Makes sense. you know, who we would turn to, they said, how about a state police anti-corruption unit? Now, that's an interesting thought. Is there one now? I, I don't know. I've never heard of it. I never heard of it. Never heard of it before. But if we, anybody knows, let us we know. We have to, and and it cannot be. See, the only problem I have with that is that the state police is headed up by a political appointee. Uh, we. We've got to distance ourselves as far as we can from political appointees. And you say, well, this guy wouldn't be a political appointee. No, but his boss, who's the commander of the state police, is a political appointee. And what's to keep that person from getting a call from somebody saying, you want to keep your job? Pull in the reins problem with this is is if you decide you're ready to wall that off or fence that off where do you put the fences i, mean, I agree because i'm thinking this is a little far-fetched but how about redacting all the names sending the information out of state to somebody else who looks at all the information and picks a person to come into arkansas to investigate yeah. those are fences right but how many fences and how far where do you you can only they do can always so call much. the person because they're going to find out I'm who just they saying, are I you mean, can you know, only do so much and then You've got to have a time that you go, you know, we've done what we can to make this as transparent as we can possibly make it. I think that's the key back to transparency. And I would say and that everything front, should be foiled. Well, that's a, that's on the part of the people, in my opinion. But yeah, but, but it should be able to be foiled. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. The transparency part. Well, and again, certain parts of police investigations you're not able to FOIA because mm-hmm. they're confidential. Um, but again, that transparency should be up front, mm-hmm. not 
after the fact. No, it because has to after be the fact, all it's figured useless. into it. It's pretty useless after the fact. Yeah. I mean, and Mark, if you're listening and you think that this is a good thing, and you like to come up with a piece of, uh, you know, uh, legislation for it, may I suggest that you talk to Robert Steinbach mm-hmm. about how to make it, you know, not FOIA proof, but make it proof that the FOIA can't be thrown out. thrown out. That's correct. All right. Elizabeth and I will be back here on the Dave Ellswick Show. We're going to talk more about this. Phone lines are open, 823-0965, 823-0965. And if you did not hear uh, the interview that I had with Mark Johnson, who's Senate-elect, Senator-elect, uh, he'll take office in January. Uh, he took the office of uh, David Sanders, who decided not to rerun, and there was no one from the Democrats running for that office, so he won uh, the uh, election, so he's the senator-elect. Uh, had a great interview with him. Uh, we'll replay that first hour in the last hour of the show today, 5 o'clock to 6 o'clock. Be listening and listen to what he says. He's got a lot of good information uh, in there. Hey, Sonny's Auto Salvage, your number one choice for recycled auto parts. Phone number 98274-51 is the number, 98274-51. Uh, RD, of course, is the owner of Sonny's Auto Salvage. You hear RD on my show all the time. Uh, I use Sonny's Auto Salvage. Look, I have nearly 300,000 miles on my 2008 uh, uh, Acadia. And so when you when you got that many years, uh, 10 years on the car, it is 10 years now, and you got uh, nearly 300,000 miles on it, I'm not looking to put brand new parts on it. So I go and call Sonny's. And uh, ask him, does can he find a part for me for that car, my other car, 2009 Corolla? Uh, and uh, I can replace the part that's failing with a really good, uh, well-maintained total loss vehicle part from Sonny's Auto Salvage. And I've done that with the Corolla twice now, uh, once uh, with the uh, transmission and once uh, with an engine. And both of those parts have three-year parts and labor guarantees on them warranties and unlimited mileage for three years i don't worry about zip nada none of it i know it's going to get fixed if something breaks you can have the same uh, promises i mean val had an engine put in she got a full year on hers that's all she wanted 982-7451 is the number to call talk to the folks at sunny's auto salvage your number one choice for recycled auto parts. Back and, uh, man, we got 30 seconds here. I got the news coming up. When I come back, Elizabeth is, and I will talk some more about this. Uh, we've got some statutes on the book. We also were talking about a uh, anti-crime unit. We can talk about that, too. There's an anti-crime unit, but it's a Fed one, but it's made up of local police and sheriffs and things of that nature. So we'll talk a little bit about that as well. Coming up next on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, back with you, Dave Ellswick Show. Uh, Elizabeth just came across something interesting, and this uh, plays out very, very clearly now uh, when you look at what's been happening. And, and what exactly was this? This is all those rabbit holes you find when you go to look. Sure. You look up anti-corruption state level, and I, I find something called the 2015 State Integrity Investigation where all the states are ranked for transparency and accountability, integrity, looks like in 2015. For the whole state legislature, For right? all the state legislatures okay. across the country. Right. It looks like we did 
Not a very good job here in Arkansas. We have a D minus. Does it say why they gave us a D minus? Well, let's see what they say. Let's read read what they say. This is the Center for Public Integrity. We've heard of them before. Mm -hmm. Now, this was written in 2015. Okay, not much has changed since then. Not much has changed. Oh, now, hang on. Now my screen's changing on me here. One moment. Always got to throw something in front of you. Sure, that's like after our our final uh, general session that that occurred yes okay yes so go so it says here you know this was in 2015 it says in 2013 we learned that a state senator in arkansas used campaign funds as a personal bank account spent eight thousand dollars on a home sound system and a thousand dollars in country club expenses that'd be the fellow from uh, jonesboro Jonesboro. Mm -hmm. we learned that our lieutenant governor used both campaign funds and the state credit card to buy gas and other things uh, that same year, the state treasurer, remember the pie box? Yeah. And in 2015, a circuit court judge admitted to bribery. That would be uh, Judge Maggio. Maggio, yeah. So these were splashy headlines. Now I'm zipping down through this thing. It says uh, Amendment 94 banned corporate contributions to candidates and gifts by lobbyists to lawmakers. We doubled the cooling off period. Wink, wink, mm-hmm. before lawmakers can become lobbyists. Of course, we just they call just, ourselves consultants now to they, get around yeah, that. Yeah, now they talk. Those being consultants. And it just says loopholes, new issues, and old problems continue even under the public's radar. And we have a score of 61 or a grade of D minus, number 32 ranking in the states. And we only scored a 68 in 2012, which was the first time they did this state integrity ranking. But the predominance of these numerous problems with ethics that keep coming up, and they're not, Ill, they're not all in the same place even. They just keep coming up. It's sure. like whack-a-mole. They're everywhere. And it's not looking good for Arkansas. Well, let's, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try on my side here at the station and on my show, and we're going to need Arkansans to get involved as well. I've already had people texting me and, and saying, you know, it's the fox, you know. The fox guarding the guarding hen house. Guarding the hen house. And I, I made the statement that uh, we've got to make them change that. The only way that will be changed is the people of Arkansas make them change. But also keep in mind, we're talking rules here. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking that coming 2019 session i'll make sure that every piece of legislature uh, legislation that the legislature is bringing forth to curtail this kind of behavior and put into law gets a proper vetting on the air so that you know what's going on that's really important and all we can offer here at the show is transparency what you do is the more important thing when you pick up the phone and call your elected official, when you go to your Facebook or Twitter or Instagram and you share it with your friends and keep them up to date and then they share with their friends and on and on and exponentially uh, we get a large, you know, we don't need a red wave or a blue wave. What we need is a transparent wave to sweep across Arkansas. And a wave of activism. If you're concerned and interested enough about this to be on Facebook and be what I call banging on that keyboard, doing a keyboard warrior thing, 
yeah, sure, share that information with your friends, but show up. Come down to the legislature. Yeah. Go talk to your lawmaker. Make them understand that this is not allowed. This will not fly. And have at least uh, a couple of rallies so that we can fill the rotunda up and, and more so. And make so much noise they cannot ignore and us. And, and then that's when you get done with your rally and you've you've had the you know the the second the third and the fourth floors are full of of citizens and then they all pour out of the rally and they go see their uh, senators and uh, and state reps assuming that they stuck around and didn't go running around running out like little cockroaches because i've seen that happen when they see you know, a big so, crowd go yeah, the other so direction they, so they don't have to answer to the voter i mean that that's what's got to happen if you really want to change these things i mean we get wrapped up in in things that viscerally emotionally get us all wrought up folks this is this is stuff that and it's small potato stuff you know i mean small potatoes this is big stuff this is the really important stuff this is 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 your is your uh government that is supposed to be of you going to be of you or are do we have a you know a bunch of people think they wear powdered wigs with uh you know little poodles running around their feet eating cakes in the back room that's got to be stopped royalty yeah they think they can get away with anything that's got to be stopped only be stopped by the people only be stopped by the people and oh by the way it is possible people oh it's yeah it's not you know don't sit at home and go oh well, you, know, you know the republicans can't do the job and i'm a conservative and the republican don't be whining mm-hmm. get busy yeah get busy get on the phone start talking to your lawmaker and i will add respectfully yeah to that yeah i mean I be agree. intense be passionate be respectful you want them to listen to you i agree i'm right with you all right 341 let's go ahead and get a break in Then we come back and finish up for this hour. Coming up in the next hour, State Representative Kim Hammer. Want to talk to him? See, I talked about earlier about this with Jamie. Mentioned it to Elizabeth. A lot of this could be, could not have happened, except that legislature legislators defeated laws uh, that were being made to go on the books, so that. These type of things couldn't be stopped. And if if Linda Collins Smith, if Brian King, if Kim Hammer, they've had legislation to stop this kind of stuff uh, up and they had been passed, some of this would not have happened. I'm telling you that right now, some of this would not have happened. Those who have voted against some of those things and they've used Every kind of excuse of why I didn't vote for it was because it was too broad, it was too this, it was too that. Hey, here's the bottom line. You 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 stopped it. You made what happened possible. You made what happened possible because you wouldn't at least do something about it. And uh, you should be ashamed of that if you if you voted against it. Just telling you. All right, quick break here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Don't forget about PI Roofing, your uh, roof and home solutions all right they'll fix your roof of course you got to get that fixed first setting the water in you know you need to get your roof fixed so call the folks at uh, pi roofing if it's raining they're going to get out there and stop the water from getting in your house but when the water gets in the house 
it causes problems. It causes problems like drywall problems and painting problems and stain problems and insulation problems and ventilation problems. And normally to fix all of that, you uh, had to get a you know different contractor to do each job. Not so anymore. PI Roofing has professional, well-educated men and women who can do this for you. One-stop shop. That's PI Roofing and, uh, you know, Home uh, Solutions. They'll take care of all this. Call Joel Johnson and his his crew, 501-687-6246, or just go to piroofing.com. 13, and he brought this up to me couple of days ago so we're going to come come on and talk about it uh he has made it clear to me uh and to my power panel from tuesday uh that he is going to uh bring that up again in the next general session which starts uh next year and i don't know if they're starting in january or early february it'd be one or the other we'll be there live uh from the capitol to uh, broadcast live uh to do it this year uh, probably will broadcast four days a week, Monday through Thursday, Friday only if I know that there's something important coming up. Because typically, <laughs> nobody's there on Friday. Typically, <laughs> they're they're trying to get out of Dodge. Yeah, buddy. You know, by noon. And, and once they're out of session, home. you can't even get them to come talk to you for five minutes. Yeah. They're on their way out. Yeah, yeah, it's hard to get a hold of them. So, bottom line, we'll we'll try to do four days a week and and keep you up to date on everything that is happening. Uh, as far as the session is uh, concerned. So that'll be all going on uh, when when that starts next year. Uh, there's a, the 2019 session is is shaping up to be a real oh, it's humdinger. Gonna, it's going to be a barn burner. How do you like that? I love using old words like humdinger. I don't even know where <laughs> humdinger came from. I know what a barn, I don't even know what it means. I know a barn burner, where that comes from, but humdinger i don't know where that i'll have to look that up maybe i'll have an have some an interesting story for you i know where buttload came from now <laughs> i that was wine casks there's a little hump at the top and it was so they could instead of having to break into the cast itself they could open it in oh. this little bump huh. and taste the wine oh, okay. and that was called the butt okay of it and so as it, an appropriate word not a yes, profanity so it was called <laughs> it, it, it you came and bring about the statement a butt load because okay. you go get a load of wine out of it okay i thought that was kind of interesting because i looked it no, up english is I a wanted, funny language <laughs> i wanted to know why you know why that was and the old s s h i t that you that you've heard you know ship high in transit not mm-hmm, true mm-hmm. that's not true a lot of people think that that's a true story. It's not a true nope. story. Uh, because, But they did. They used to ship uh, across the, the ocean uh, at the beginning uh, manure. That was You had whole ships full of manure, oh, literally. Oh, boy, that, would, that must have been fun. Yeah. Whoa, back take before. Over. Yeah. <laughs> take, it, take it over because the farmers needed it. They didn't have enough bovine or horse manure uh, at the time, so they brought over additional manure That's for their fields and stuff. So anyway, a lot of people thought SHIT didn't want to get it wet, so it was ship high in transit, and that's not uh, no. not true. 
Not true. It's just a profanity. Just know that's all it is, is a profanity. All right, uh, it's uh, nine minutes till four. So, again, there is a, a crime and uh, a, a corruption task force, but it's a federal crime task force here in the state of Arkansas, but it's done by the feds, but they use people from local law enforcement to have, help staff in it. Well, and you've heard about this in the news, a form of this, not the same one you're discussing, Yeah, but the information on all the drug dealing in eastern Arkansas was investigated and charges have been brought forth because of this a similar type so of perhaps, task force among law enforcement. So perhaps what we're hearing about the FBI, could this have been layered out by this task force investigating and then turning to the FBI with what they had found and then the FBI came in. And there's another question out there. There's a lot of people asking, is state money being used to fight uh, um, the feds from getting information? You know, What do you I'm, mean? Now, I'm trying to think of the proper term. When the feds are trying uh, subpoenas, are, are they fighting subpoenas? Oh, is the state of Arkansas fighting, fighting the federal, federal subpoenas? Yeah, uh, federal subpoenas. And if so, how much state hmm. taxpayer money is being used to fight that? Well, see, you make me think back to what we were saying earlier. If the attorney general is responsible for both defending the legislature and prosecuting mm-hmm. the legislature— yeah, that bring that's what so, that makes me think you about. Know, it brings up some questions. Maybe I can get somebody on from the AG's office because <laughs> I doubt if the AG would come on and talk about it. But uh, especially not if they're in the middle of the investigation. Yeah, get something going on here where we can get some answers about how that all works. All Always right. good to understand how yeah. things happen. I want to know how things happen. I mean, look, Trent Garner was on <laughs> here. Was it three weeks ago? Trent was on. Uh, it was right three weeks ago, maybe four. And one of the things that he talked about is putting together, because we all know about Judge Griffin. What if they what if they decide to impeach him? Okay, so the House brings articles of impeachment against him, and say what he's done uh, is. Uh, enough to be impeached, and they send it to the Senate. The and Senate, they have the rules for doing yeah, that in the House. The Senate is the one that must hold the trial. And Guess Trent what? said they don't have any rules for Guess that. Guess what? Yep. And so he is working on that and, Ooh, trying to, and trying to get them together in case, in case that they ever happens. Them. In case they need them soon. You always, well, whether you need them soon or whenever. They I mean, the bottom them. line, you need to have those you know, those SOPs have to be system of, op, you know, operation procedure, you know, kind of thing, things that we had in military all the time. you got to have those kind of SOPs all the time. I can't help but think of all the myriad of layers of rules and regulations and all the different involvement of detail that has to do with Obamacare expansion in Arkansas. We were able to address all of those details but the Senate doesn't have rules for how to handle an impeachment Isn't process. that interesting? That's very interesting. I mean, that's, uh, very that's, interesting. Ask, that's asking for problems. That's asking to wake up and have your butt in a sling. 
Just saying. It you really know, is. All this, I keep thinking about this thing, and maybe I'm just old-fashioned, Dave. There used to be this thing called appearance of impropriety, and that phrase has just been going through my head for weeks and weeks. Whatever happened to that concept? And see, that's another— Am I old-fashioned? It just doesn't apply anymore. That's—and and we can go back because we've talked about this already on Tuesday, and we're talking about Jeremy Hutchinson and should he step down as a state senator. And I said uh, he don't have to right now, and I don't think he should be required to because he's not been found guilty or he's not even been charged with something. However, however, he has to make up in his own mind, all right, if he hasn't shown enough bad behavior because of things that have already shown up, and the appearance of impropriety. You know, you may not have broke the law, but you may have stood right up to the cliff and hung off of it by your fingernails that maybe you've made yourself of no use to the people who elected you. And at that point, you have to make the decision, and you can do so without saying you're guilty of anything, but I have to let you all know, I really, this makes, it looks like it smells really bad, and it's attached to me now, and I know that I cannot do my job the way I want to do if it. If nothing else, if nothing else, Time for that me applies. to move out. If nothing else, that applies. I'm just saying. No, I'm, you, you and I totally agree. I don't believe anyone should be kicked out of the legislature unless or until they are indicted. Now, that's a now we're in a different category when we go to that level. And the Senate says but that, But at too. the same time, I like the approach you're taking here. And maybe I was a little disturbed with the calls for him to resign only because there has not been an indictment. That does not mean I believe he is innocent. I think I like the approach you're taking, though. You well, would ask that the individual that's exactly right. think for themselves. And, you know, I mean, you can go both ways. Let's you, say he was guilty. Let's say he is and he yeah. knows. Well, maybe one way you can get back in good graces is to stand up and say, you know, yeah, and, and I've examined, and yeah, it's wrong, and I'm going to take my hits and move on. Or, I would much prefer say, to see that than or not. Or you say what he's saying now. Now. Okay, I'm not guilty of any of this, but I know how it looks, and it looks yeah, low. It looks really, 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 really bad, and because and of I that, can't be effective. I can't be effective as a legislator. Not only can I senator. not be effective, but I am, in this case, causing a lot of other trouble making mm-hmm. the legislature look bad it even splashes over to the governor yep it's it's, it's not on everybody good. now to take the other side of that if you're innocent it's just what you said maybe i sit there and say you know i mean i'm trying to be an honorable individual here and i'm not i'm not guilty of this as we've talked about other issues you can prove somebody did something you often cannot prove that you did not that's true but in order to stand up and say you know, I'm telling you the truth, and I am not guilty. However, I see where this is really hamstrung, not only myself, but the whole entire Senate, if not the whole entire legislature. And let me remove myself from the picture so that others can continue to be effective. All right. We're going to come back to another hour with you. And coming in with us is going to be our uh, good buddy of mine and a great legislator, uh, State Representative Kim Hammer, who's running now for the Senate. Uh, he's going to come in, and we're going to talk about HB 1313. You need to hear the story. You, get to, you, you need to hear the vote. That it will say 
a lot here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Back with more. All right, I, I got to bring this up before we go any further. Story coming out of Fort Wayne, Indiana. I don't know if you heard about this yet, uh, Representative Hammer. Where the lady stuck her head up the tailpipe. No, at the, okay. no, they okay. took, they took down in front of the VA. You know, they always have the circle and the flagpoles, and they have all of the different branches of the service represented on the flagpoles. They took all the flags down of the different services, and they put gay pride flags up. Uh, I think that's his head's ready. His his head's ready to explode right now. I think that's referred to as an abomination. Yeah, but, <laughs> unbelievable! Whoever did it, then let's put the Christian, need to be, need to be put, fired. Let's put the Christian flag up. You you know you want to step across that line? That's fine. Let's step across that line because I think at the end of the day, I know who's going to win. So I mean, today is of all is Flag Day. That's why they I did know. it today. Come on! Unbelievable! Unbelievable! It's, it's akin you know to what? the kneeling Here's thing. Here's my right? thing. This is what we have said. I've said this many times. If you want to win over people you don't do it the way the left is trying to do it about trump you know with de niro getting up and they're only giving you know, trump more ammunition all He's they're doing is making driving people into his camp constantly and i think that's the balance that we have to maintain is you want to get it's like trying to catch a big fish you want to give them enough line that they go out there, and then when they you want to swallow the, the hook, let good. them swallow the hook, and then you know, and then Pull. at just the right time, jerk Pull. it, set it, and then uh, hold on. Sometimes I think you just <laughs> tight, tight, yeah, yeah. Hold Make on. sure you got a big pole because it's going to be a big catch. Yeah. All right. Well, we're glad that you came in. I wanted to talk first of all, right off the bat, because we've been talking about the corruption uh, that has been coming out here in the state, and we've got. Eight different people caught up in it. Uh, are seven seven of them, or six of them? Six of them are politicians. One is a lobbyist, and one is uh, what a former president of a university. Is that what? It's my recollection. I think that's exact. That's the way it, it, it runs. I don't know if it goes any further than that. I have uh, heard through my sources that the investigation continues. I've heard her talk to people and they said they have been called, but uh, I'm not hearing anything else other than that. So we'll just have to do like everybody else and just kind of keep watching and see what happens. But I wanted State Representative Hammer to come in because back in 2015, uh, this was uh, during the session, the last general session, right? Was that seven, uh, 15? That was in... Uh or 16? Uh, 17. Seven, and 17, pardon me, in 17. There were three pieces of legislation that ran through, two through the Senate, one through the House. Uh, the two through the Senate was Linda Collins-Smith. She had, she had a piece. Uh, Brian King had a piece. And then over on the House side, you had State Representative Hammer with House Bill 1313. Two in the, uh, uh, the Senate one piece of legislation got to the House and was destroyed when it got to the House and uh, voted down. Uh, Linda Collins-Smith got defeated in the Senate, and all of them dealt with things like uh, conflicts of interest. And I'm going to just tell you right now, if those if those three p- bills that we're talking about right now had been passed, 
and made into law, a lot of the things that we're hearing about right now probably, not saying for certain, because when people want to break the law, when people let money blind them to the realities of of their character, uh, then uh, bottom line, they may have done it anyway. But this would have made it more difficult. But the two in the Senate were beaten. The House bill, 1313, this is interesting because we looked up on the vote when you were trying you were trying to bring that back up to take it to committee for a, uh, an amendment. Is that how I kind of understand this was being done? The first run was early on in the session, and it uh, I couldn't get it out of committee. And there was, you know, a lot of back and forth and everything and couldn't get out of committee. And then later, toward the end of the session, I made a second run at it and still couldn't get it out of the committee it was assigned to at, at the time. All right. Let me read. For an act to be entitled, an act concerning the process for reporting potential conflicts, by members of the General Assembly to amend a portion of the Arkansas Code that resulted from initiated Act 1 of 1988 to declare an emergency and for other purposes. I wanted to mention to you, Representative Hammer, that I talked to somebody from the legislature back in that 88 time era saying that they had a pretty good ethics thing going but that the Democrats watered it so far down that what happened here recently was made possible. You have tried to keep it from happening. Others have tried to keep it from happening. Uh, you had that vote, and maybe we should say a not vote, that, that happened when this piece of legislation came up, because this, this blows my mind. It came up again last an, another time for a vote. This vote was to do what? Allow well, it to bring bring it back up? Well, the way the process works is I filed this as an actual bill. Okay. And it was assigned to committee. And it went to the committee. And it was debated in committee. And the best I remember that it I couldn't get a second on it, which means the bill just dies where it was. And so I let it rest try to you know talk to some people you know between afterwards right find out what the issues were other than what were stated in committee meeting and then uh decided to go ahead and make a second run for it toward the end of the you know toward the end of the session but Correct. it never it never got out of committee so you you know filed the bill it couldn't ever get it out of committee to get to the floor to be debated all right now you there was to be able to do that this this was there some vote that had to be uh, done to try to resurrect this bill? Well, you have to get you know you you have to get a majority vote in the committee that it's assigned to right. in order to bring it out of committee and then be put on the agenda to be heard on the house floor. Then after you know if I could have got it out of the house, then it would have went down to the Senate committee, appropriate Senate committee, mm-hmm. and you know would have been debated in the Senate committee. If it had gotten out, it would have went to the Senate floor and been voted on then go the governor and the governor sign it i didn't i didn't get out of the committee okay and your com- the committee you were in front of was uh i knew you're gonna ask that i was trying to remember if it was special lang- i think it was special language or rules and regs one of the two that it went before at the time okay what were some of the main arguments against your piece of legislation there were two or three one um maybe one of the biggest sticking points to some people was that if it you know if you were found to knowingly and that's you know that's a key word 
knowingly uh, knowingly um you know violate this piece of legislation it could result or it would result in a uh mis- a class a misdemeanor under uh, 21-8403 uh, in fact the way it reads is a person who purposely i said knowingly but purposely violates this section is upon conviction guilty of a class a misdemeanor so two key words in that in that sentence one is purposely mm-hmm. in other words you intended to do it and you were purposely trying to do it and then secondly you'd have to be convicted or found guilty before that misdemeanor would be you would you know you'd be charged with okay it, so. and a class a misdemeanor like that what kind of bite does that have uh it probably puts you out of the legislative branch Okay. Are there rules in place now that say if you're convicted of a misdemeanor, you're automatically out? Uh, there are rules. You know, we had that debate about a, um, uh, oh, about an infamous crime. Uh, oh, you boy. know that you remember that another debate? fun phrase. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Uh, you know, two sessions ago we had that debate, and and I'll be, I'm gonna sound really ignorant to your public, but I try not to do things that I worry about being charged with these things. <laughs> And so I'm going to, to have me, to brush off on what smart. it is. That's a smart move. And and so I would be, have try to, to be honest. What a, what a concept. Yeah. But anybody, you know, I mean, if you get charged with Class A, well, if you're found guilty, charged is one thing, found guilty is another thing. Absolutely. Anybody can be charged, you know. That's right. But, you know, once you're judged by a court of your peers, then, uh, you know, if you end up with a Class A misdemeanor, your your time is probably finished in public service, and rightfully so, ought to be. I agree. If nothing else, the appearance of impropriety. Here yeah, we go. Boy, we just <laughs> talked like that about one. that in the last hour, didn't we? Yeah. So that, that so was, that was one. Okay. What what was it they didn't like that they could actually be found guilty of something? The to to the meat of the bill, a couple of the concerns that were expressed was that if, uh, for example, you were, and I'm gonna I'm gonna say attorney, if you're an attorney, and you were running a piece of legislation it it would put you in a position that you would have to identify on whose behalf you were running that piece of legislation and there was some concern about the uh you know about the client attorney privileges and about revealing um who some of your clients are in case they didn't want to be known the clients didn't want to be known that they were being represented by a certain person or vice versa maybe the attorney didn't want people to know that they were representing somebody uh, on a on a particular okay. issue. Okay, so let's stop right there and just talk about this for a moment. I mean, this this cuts, and I understand client, you know, client attorney privileges, but there's got to be a way that the citizens of the state of Arkansas can be protected from people using that particular gamut to circumvent well circumvent or cover up impropriety yeah as a cover i mean isn't that doesn't that give them the ability or the chance of making sure nobody ever knows that what they're doing is not right well on page on page three of the bill line 12 through 14 this is the statement uh, that maybe addresses that it says a written statement shall identify the potential conflict of interest in as much detail as possible without breaching an applicable privilege or written ethics code. So there is a little bit of a safety pause in there as far as getting down to specific. But what the what the meat of the bill does is say, for example, um, I own funeral homes and I'm a legislator and I'm going to run a piece of legislation dealing with funeral homes and I want to make sure 
you know, and, and let's just say that I'm doing it for ill will, ill purposes, financial gain, all that good stuff uh, or bad, uh, all that bad stuff. It, this would have required me to file with the Secretary of State when I filed my bill an official document that would say I own Funeral Home XYZ and I'm running this piece of legislation and this piece of legislation is going to affect me in this manner and you basically become transparent put that on file and put it on file with Secretary of State and and you're publicly declaring and being transparent and saying I, I am a person who owns a funeral home and I want everybody to know that I'm running this piece of legislation. And if my intent is pure, if my reasons are, and, and here's the, the third thing, this bill, it, as long as I'm doing it in the best interest of the industry and everybody has equal opportunity to benefit from it, it's not a problem. But if I run a piece of legislation that I'm running because I own funeral home XYZ and it's going to give me advantage where I'm going to maybe say this is kind of extreme, but I'm going to say I want everybody in uh, County uh, ABC uh, to be sent to my funeral home first because what that does then is give me the opportunity to work with those families and capture that market and, and be able to offer my services before anybody else gets an opportunity to meet those families. So that's an illustration of what the bill was intended to do. As long as you are, benefiting industry as a whole in your respective field you have no problem but if you are in that piece of legislation and it's going to directly benefit you you need to have it filed on the secretary of state with that now we all know uh that if people want to do bad they're going to do bad if they want to be corrupt they're going to be corrupt i don't care what piece of legislation you got you know on the books until they're caught so what this is intended to do is make it easier to identify on the front end and should they be a bad actor it holds them to a standard um that will you know complete their political career (laughs) at that point that they're convicted earlier i talked about transparency before the fact this would do exactly that yeah frankly i can't see in a million years why anybody would have a problem with that if they have honest intentions I cannot see in a million years why anybody would have a problem. All right. Got to take a break. We'll come back. Uh, Representative Kim Hammer is with us for this hour. Elizabeth is here with me today. It's the Dave Ellswick Show. You know, there's a lot of big uh, changes going on at uh, Horton's Orthotics and Prosthetics, especially the uh, Little Rock location. Uh, Horton's began their business in the 80s right off 12th Street in Little Rock. I've been talking about them for years and years. They've grown that small family practice now into a six-location family business, providing Arkansans with all of their orthotic and prosthetic needs. And now the Little Rock location is going to get a much-needed demo and addition. I mean, uh, they do a lot of their work down in the basement, things of that nature. They're going to make this uh, a state-of-the-art facility now with the latest technology and prosthetics and orthotics. You know, have like a new uh, gate room is going to be added, a large new waiting room, a new mastectomy area just for mastectomy patients with privacy and comfort while you're fitted. It's all because the good folks at Hortons, Gary Horton, Mike, and all the rest, uh, Tanya, Chris, uh, pride themselves on their patient relationships, keeping you, the patient, happy is their priority. So remember, six locations with the new updated facility in Little Rock, there's North Little Rock, Bryant, Conway, Fort Smith, and Searcy. 
That's Horton's Orthotics Prosthetics providing a lifetime of support. All right, we are back with you here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Uh, I've got a couple people who have uh, yelled at me and said that they lost a feed on Facebook Live. It's still there. Uh, we've checked it. We're going out, so just to let you know, uh, it's there. Something on maybe on your end. Try to reconnect, be able to get just, us. Just close out your Facebook and reopen it again. That helps an awful lot. Sometimes we do switch videos on the top of the hour. Yeah, so just, just know that that can be a problem. A lot of people are now really tuning in it's, this this is a lot of information is being shared here on on the station and uh, we're going to have more people on uh senator alan clark wants to join us next week i'm trying to get uh, senator trent garner in because this is something that he's concerned about as well it's why uh, i've got state representative kim hammer here he's been he's been worried about this long before what's going on right now probably was going on and, and it's a thing where, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Representative Hammer, that as you look, you sit there and, and you're a, an elected official and you can see that there are places for people to go that you need to shut the door on just so they won't go there. Not You know, you would hope that nobody would go there anyway, but you guys want to make sure that you keep things as as clean and as ethical as possible, and then you try to get something like this through. Now, you know, a lot of people didn't vote on certain pieces of legislation and stuff. You know, when somebody doesn't vote on something, that's really voting no. Okay, just so you'll know. But it's a way for them to cover themselves. So they say, well, I, did, I just didn't vote on that. For them to try yeah, to try cover them, themselves. Because you know, most of us that talk and understand. Well, people who are really into geeks it. know the difference. They, we know. But, you know, the average, I don't know if the average Arkansan understands that. You know, I was out in the hall and I, could, I couldn't get back to cast my vote. Conveniently out in the well, hall. Well, it seems like maybe you should be inside voting <laughs> or i get a phone call at the exact correct moment that i need to be in the chamber you know, but i'm in the hallway yeah. because i get a, a special phone call especially at the when, right especially time. when i know that my vote will make sure that a piece of legislation passes we, we we've been talking about we, that the people as well. do not think that is very funny no absolutely not <laughs> hey can i correct one thing yeah I, I should have been a little better on my history let me read okay hold on i need you to hold it Bottom I have a hour. state representative that's going to correct himself when we come back. You won't want to miss that. Tweet it out. Stick, stick, <laughs> stay with me. We've got, <laughs> we've got news coming our way here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Let's go to that now, and then we'll be back in a moment. All right, we are back here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Good to have you with us. We've got uh, State Representative Kim Hammer with us, and uh, we're talking about a little bit of history here going back a couple of years. Uh, State Representative, what, do you believe there were people within the the legislature at that time that were fighting ag- against this these pieces of legislation because they knew that it would apply specifically to them? I mean, for instance, uh, the piece of legislation about conflict of interest over on the Senate side with Linda Collins Smith. Jeremy Hutchinson was one of the biggest attack dogs on that piece of legislation. Now, knowing what I know now, it's got to, you got to question it. 
first of all, you've had 10,000 additional listeners tune in because they heard that I was going to oh, correct that's myself. Right. Let me let that's you correct yourself first. <laughs> so let me correct myself first. Okay. okay. Go ahead. Here's the sequence of events as how <laughs> this bill went down. And I, I'm sorry, it's been about a year since I looked at this, so my memory was a little foggy. Now, but, the reason I'm ha- that he's doing this, it's, it's him doing it, is because if he doesn't, somebody somewhere will point it out. That's right. And and actually it's We're being transparent up front. Yes. Yeah, we're we're being we're being transparent, but also this is better than the way I had it. So if you okay. gotta be wrong, be wrong to the better. <laughs> on one twenty five of twenty seventeen, the bill was filed. On january twenty fifth, twenty seventeen, it was read the first time, rule suspended and read the second time and it referred to the committee on the House rules. And all that means is the bill was filed. They read the bills across the speaker's desk at the end of the day. If nobody objects then they read it a second time, and then it can be filed with the appropriate committee that it's supposed to go to. Uh, it sat there because between January 25th and March 13th, you know, I was once it got filed, people started coming up and saying, hey, you know, and there was a lot of dialogue trying to get dialogue. to a point, a lot of dialogue, <laughs> discussion going on as far as what the bill was intended. And it was placed on a second reading for the purpose of amendment. And the best, I re- and then on uh, the same day, uh, amendment number one read and adopted, and the bill ordered engrossed. Now I might have to go back and check my notes, but the best I remember that amendment, I might have had that it was not a misdemeanor; it was a felony. No, and I, okay. I think that's what I had, and so we took it down to we took it down to a, uh, a misdemeanor. misdemeanor. Okay. And then uh, on the same day, reported, corrected, engrossed, which all that means is that the amendment was adopted into the bill. It was, you know, factored in there. Then on 314, uh, returned by the committee, do pass. So it did get out of the committee with the amendment. But then on 315, it read the third time and failed. And that was um, that was the actual vote that occurred on the House floor. And I think it only got 26 votes for there were, I think, forty-one votes. There were there were forty-one no votes, which right. means forty-one non-voting and a couple non-voting. that were present. So yeah, it was and, forty-three or so that didn't vote at all. Right, and then there were there were a, a twenty upper twenties that voted actually voted against it. Uh, so, you know, a, a, a no vo- a, an absent vote or a not voting is the same thing as a no vote. And then um, I tried to on the seventeenth. A motion to expunge the vote, which what that would have done is it would have kept the bill alive uh, so it could have been worked on and sent back to any to try to get it out before the session was over. Correct. And that failed. So I couldn't even get it. I couldn't even get it out of the House chamber at that point in order to get it sent back to to the committee so we could have further discussions about it. And then when we signed, he died. The bill just laid there and, you know, and died to death. But it's going to get resurrected. Then. I can ask this question and include HB 1313 with the question I'm asking about Linda Collins Smith. Were these bills stepping on a lot of people's toes? I'm not going to address any particular uh, toes. No, I'm not, asking, I'm not asking you name names. I'm just saying, was this the reason that this was defeated? Uh, you know, that you had uh, the one by Linda Collins-Smith and the Brian King bill. Did they get defeated because everybody knows what goes on up there? I don't know that I could render an 
a statement on that because I would have had been privileged to all the discussions. I'm most familiar with my bill because it was the okay. only House bill. Was introduced. All right, so for your bill. For my bill, the uh, only thing that was really expressed to me was the concern as far as the comments I made earlier on the program today, how would it you know impact uh, you know individuals as far as having to identify uh, things you know maybe relevant to them personally in the in their line of business i didn't have anybody come and say are you running this so that you can attack so and so now i think no i'm not asking that question i'm asking is there an over is it i mean i mean you guys work with each other all the time i don't want to be the one to be pointing out what they're doing well you all all, you all you all work together I'm sure you have some mutual respect and trust with each other and you become friends. I'm just saying, does that hinder some people of wanting to pass a piece of legislation that they know there may be some people that they know that serve in the legislature that would get caught up in this web that's happened thus far, and maybe it's even bigger, and get them in trouble? I think there is a group of legislators that, regardless of whoever it may affect, they're going to do the right thing. And okay, once, I'm with you. Okay. okay. But are there others that don't want to rock the boat because their friends might get caught if it goes over? I don't think I can answer that question on the grounds. Not that it will incriminate me. <laughs> I, I, cannot, I don't think I can no answer that knowledge. question because I was not firsthand privileged to those kind of conversations but all right and you um, wouldn't be sir well maybe maybe not but we think that you're honest just so you know well uh uh, you didn't realize that your chair really is a lie detector (laughs) i felt a tingle but i wasn't for sure what that was just saying Uh no i'm just no i'm just i just think that what has happened because when i look for instance at at what happened to woods all right and he's directing this money to ecclesia okay and it had to go through other legislators, several other committees, yeah, and people, committees and stuff to be people. okayed. People have either people didn't even look at it because they said, "Well, I know this guy. He, you My know, friends he's, running he's it. Good. I don't need to look at and, it." And then you got the others that might have said, "Well, I'm not so sure, but not for me to say anything." That's not good. We need to get past that. But but the question is, how do you get past that? And I think the way you get past that is you put legislation in place that you don't mind being held accountable to a higher standard. I'm with you. So that the cycle can be broken because this stuff was going on while these pieces of legislation were being discussed. Yes, absolutely. And, the, and it was probably, I think, as documented, going on before. The best thing we ever did was get rid of GIF money. And I'm going to give the governor kudos for working with the legislature on that together and i think everybody identified that that money was a a pit that we no longer needed to keep wallowing in and i think we did the best thing now uh at the same time i think we still have to hold everybody accountable for the budget through the process and everything else um but as far as that particular issue it removed the temptation uh, for things like this to occur but these things were going on while these pieces of legislation were trying to get pushed through and they didn't get through that time but in that world that we live in there at the capitol has it changed do you think now i think everybody's on high alert do i think that it's all been uncovered i don't know i'm not privileged to that uh, I, I i don't think i'd Nobody needs to be privileged to that until all the all the facts come out. Correct. But I do think that there has been a direct hit 
on the way we do business and we can't keep sailing with a hole in our ship and if we don't fix that hole in that ship the ship's going to sink and rightfully so it ought to because when you try to put in place good pieces of legislation that address these kind of issues uh, i think they need to succeed and get through because that's what rebuilds the trust of the people is when we show that we're willing to hold ourselves to a higher standard all right let me uh quote marcus richmond uh, the house republican leader uh, from yesterday's article in dem gas on page 3a let me just read the last two paragraphs because I think he's right on. He says, I would not want to send it down there trying to weigh in on something going on in the House end. And so he didn't refer <clears throat> to what was going on in the Senate. I was not impressed. All right. But he said this. But Richmond added that the perception of the legislature right now is awful. It is going to take a lot of work overall on our part to restore that trust. Okay. I got time to comment on that for you. I go to yeah, a break. Go. The, you know, when you look at the big scheme of things and you tallied off the numbers a while ago, there were some house members that were involved in this, which are, you know, not with us any longer. Wilkins. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, and sure. Eddie Cooper. No, Eddie Cooper. Yeah. Well, and, and representative Neil. So, I mean, yeah. you know, there were, there yeah. was equal responsibility on both sides of the chamber. That's on both why sides I was of the not chamber. impressed with that remark. Okay. So, when it comes to the rules of dealing with your respective members, I think there does need to be a segregation and let the Senate work on cleaning up their end, knowing that there are new senators coming, mm-hmm. and let the House work on their end. And the rules should align to where everybody is held equally to a standard that is higher than what we have right now. You know, I don't mind speaking to the generalities as far as regardless of whether you're a senator, House member, governor, it member you know a state employee but you know we're elected officials to land, any elected land official, commissioner <laughs> any any elected official um, should never hesitate to being held to a higher standard because if you're not doing anything wrong then you don't have to worry mm-hmm. about being the one that is absolutely found you know found doing what you shouldn't be doing all right let's take a break we'll come back special guest today a state representative of course kim hammer He's always been uh, up front of coming on the show and, and, and being as transparent as possible. I uh, hope you're enjoying the conversation. Elizabeth is here. I'm Dave Ellswick. We're back in a moment. All right, back with you. Dave Ellswick's show. And uh, I just said something to, to the, the representative. I'll say it on the air. The saddest part to me of all of this is that there are people who knew that this kind of stuff was going on and nobody would step up because, you know, the, uh, the belief in state government by the citizens of the state is important to have. you, you got to believe that your government has got your best interest in mind and what you're, what's going on, not that they want to fleece you. And I'm not saying it's a lot of people. I'm saying just a few people. But the bottom line is somebody knew something, should have walked up to a reporter, should have walked up to a, a microphone, should have got in front of a camera and said, we got a problem with some bribery going on here in the state uh, state capitol. Or, uh, you know, just to just to, to get the get it honestly out there. Do you agree with that? Whether or not anybody 
knew enough information that they could blow the whistle, which, you know, that's another subject within itself. If somebody did know something, they could have, you know, blown the whistle. Yeah. And, been and they're protected, protected. And they're protected. Um, Even make some money off of it. Right. If I'm, if I'm correct about it. <laughs> well, yes, that's true. They could have. The, in a legal way. Yeah. The, uh, the, the, the issue is, I think, whether or not anybody specifically knew, I cannot say because – I was not privileged to conversations that would sustain nor uphold that. But I think that what we need to remember is that anybody can say anything about somebody. And if you don't have evidence in hand to say it, you are putting yourself in a very vulnerable position. Now, if there were people that knew that, yes, they should be, uh, they should be answerable for their actions if they were privileged to that. And that would be the same way if it was in a business, if it's in sure. other settings as well. The capital should not be the exception to the rule. It should be the standard that we all want to aspire to outside of the yeah, church. Because I can tell you, working for Salem Broadcasting, you know, if I knew there was somebody within these walls that were taking payola, Ooh. for instance, uh, and I didn't report it, I'd be fired as well as they would be fired. Well, and as it should be, that is what once you remove the fear, you remove the uh, you you re, you remove the incentive to do what is right. And mm-hmm. if if there is no fear for actions or being held accountable for actions, you become bolder in what you do, even if that's what the wrong said, thing that Elizabeth? you're doing. No teeth, no teeth, all gums. And that's the nothing thing. Going, nothing to help. Yeah, that's, I mean, where we are from this morning. The rules that have been proposed have no teeth whatsoever at all. But, again, I go back and remind everybody, these are just rules. I'm understanding, you know, Mark Johnson on with us earlier said he already knows people that are drafting legislation that will be law, which is different than rules. It'll be law, and they're going to have teeth to them. Well, that's part of what and this piece And that's what goes with 1313. Now, one thing I would like to see done, uh, and we'll initiate the action, you know, because everybody's going to be bringing their ideas to the table as how we ought to address this and, you know, what are the laws that need to go. Um, you referenced something on the radio a while ago. You know, if there's a report card out there and we're at a D minus, we're a 60, low 60s, that, mm-hmm. that brings 61. back. 61. Yeah, 61. That brings back <laughs> high school days. But anyway, <laughs> if if – do we want to be content at 61? No, I don't mm. think we ought to be. In high school, I was content at 61. But in real life, I don't think we should. So what I would propose that we do and move toward doing is let's look at what other states are doing that are at the A level, not the C, not the B. But let's look at the A level. Let's see where the holes are in our legislation. And then let's raise it to that standard because it's going to be the, the one good thing about it is in this environment that we're living in right now, Nobody controls our destiny as legislators like we do as legislators Correct. because we can either produce legislation that's going to put us at the top of the list or we can try to put our toe in the water, which is not sufficient. And I don't think the elect I don't I don't think the citizens are going to allow that to happen if we want to show the citizens that hey, we know like in anything else, church, business, families, you you got actors that are bad. We get it. It's what you do once you know that that establishes or separates you from everybody else because you say this is not status quo we can't allow this to continue to go on and here's here's the fruits of our evidence that we're not going to let it go on and here's the legislation that we're going to propose to show that we're going to hold ourselves to a higher standard 
because that's what God expects and that's what the people expect. And we're here to serve the people. All right. Uh, State Representative uh, Kim Hammer. By the way, did you know, had had Senator Trent Garner on about four weeks ago, and he is working on uh, what the Senate will have to do if they're called upon to try a, a person who's been impeached. Uh, Judge Griffin is starting to make it very, very, very difficult for you that are in the House not to bring some things against him. I mean, I think that he is walking a very razor's edge right now. But if, let's say you guys impeach him, the Senate has no rules right now for carrying on a trial, and that's what Trent Garner's working on. I do not think it would be appropriate for me to comment on whether or not an impeachment process is taking place because one thing would happen is uh, my words, our words, could be used against us. I believe in justice. I believe God holds everybody accountable mm-hmm. at the end of the day. I believe be sure your sins will find you out. And I think that if we stick, I love having a preacher on. Yeah. Go ahead. If we, if we stick to the principle of the matter, everything else will take place in time. But I do think – that like in any other aspect of life, we need to live prepared for what may happen. And that's what Trent's saying. Yeah. He says uh, they have to have, you need to have that in place in case it ever needs to be used. It's like being in the military. You got all different kinds but, of scenarios. You got to be ready. But that's like this piece of legislation. Uh-huh. It, you know, it, it ascribes to the same mindset that that is, if we get it on the books, it won't be a problem to the people that, wouldn't do it in the first place and live by a higher set of standards that wouldn't yield to that temptation. That's not the problem. You want the stuff on the books as a deterrent so that people don't go down that road. And if they do go down that road, they're probably going to go down that road anyway, no matter what law we've got. We just want to make sure they get busted out as quick as possible and hold them to the highest standard accountable. State Representative Kim Hammer, you've got my support in the next legislative session on your legislation. We'll help you push it as hard as we can. Thank you, Elizabeth, for coming in today. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Dave. Thank you, Kim. We appreciate your time. Dave Ellswick back with you at 2 o'clock tomorrow, Fun Friday. Matt Smith in the first hour of the Dave Ellswick Show. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.